when I'm in practice, like I'm going to practice as hard as I play. Like I'm going to lay it all on the floor and everyone's going to know like how hard I work because of just like what I'm doing. I'm not going to like talk about it. I'm not going to be like, yeah, like I work the hardest. I'm the best. It's your actions. And you gain respect from your teammates and being a leader. I really like it's by example. I think that's the strongest message you can like give anyone is because in practice, everyone's watching everyone. You can tell when people are having off days, but they're still giving it their all, like that earns respect. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive. And I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like. And you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here. So whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. Hey there, welcome back to When the Cleats Come Off. I'm so excited to either have you here for the first time or many times, but this is a highly anticipated episode. So if you have listened and learned, uh, we've had my middle sister, Christina Burkhart, who played softball at North Carolina and finished her career at Michigan. We've had her on the podcast talking about her story and experience and leadership. But now we get to listen and learn from the third Burkhart sister, Anna. And of all three of us, I think we all would say this, Anna's probably the most athletic of every single one of us. I think it's because she had Christina and I to kind of look up to, and we always were playing games in the backyard. But all in all, dead serious, she was the best basketball player of all of us growing up, best volleyball player. (laughs) And we talk a little bit about that today on the podcast. And she was a great softball player, but she chose volleyball in the end. She just completed her career at Old Dominion. She was a libero, so back row player. And I'm so excited to have her on the podcast, sharing a bit of her experience growing up with you know two other sisters. So in this episode, we talk about games that we loved playing as kids. Um, I truly believe we are able to be so competitive and all three of us were able to play D1 sports because of that competitiveness in our family. So we share a little bit more of a backstory of that. We always talk about her experience being the third born. You know, all of us had different experiences and I've talked to Christina about hers and I've shared mine. And I think Anna's perspective is kind of what's probably going to make you favorite her over the rest of us because her perspective is so unique and she's never been afraid to ruffle any feathers at all. We also talk about her crazy recruiting journey. Now, Christina's was a little bit, I would probably argue, easier than mine simply because I was the firstborn. But me and Anna had very similar stories in the fact that she chose a sport where we didn't know a whole lot about recruiting, especially in volleyball. But her perspective is so good. I didn't know you're going to love it. 
Also, the question that everybody always asks is why she chose volleyball instead of softball. She was a great softball player. Don't get me wrong, but she's had some experiences in her life that led her to finding a different love, and that's in volleyball. Anna is, without a doubt, the brainiac, the smarty pants of the family, and so she actually talks about how she's able to hold a 4.0 and still be really, really good at her sport. We also dive into leadership and how she's a different leader, but in a great way on the court and probably why she will be the most wealthy of all of us in the long run. I'm so excited to share with you this episode that I recorded with my baby sister, Anna. And yes, I think she's about to steal the show. Welcome back to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. Anna Burkhart, the third sister, the smarty pants sister, has entered the chat. Hey, Banana. Hello, everyone. Hello, (laughs) Ashley. I think I blew her away by this experience. Okay, so I have the absolute privilege of working with the coolest podcasters in the world, and they got us in a studio this week, so... Anna was literally just singing like Mariah Carey songs into them. Oh, I'm having a great time. I'm, I'm living a dream. Hearing myself talk. It's like, weird, right? It's really weird and yeah. it's kind of funny and I can't stop. It's fun though when it's like official. Like you're wearing the headphones, we got the mic. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's fun. But I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I was offered a beer. Like I myself at home, man. I don't know. <laughs> living the dream. Okay, so when I say the smarty pants, like Christina and I – we're really good at softball and we were like average at school. Like we did what we needed to do, right? You, on the other hand, are like the stellar athlete yet also the brainiac. Like literally last night we're at her house and she's looking at like trying to get her master's in like biotechnology. And I was like, never would I ever do that. Especially like on a, I don't know, we're on Christmas break and you're looking up school, like all this stuff. Like what, what is... How did this come to you? Like that you just love school and love learning? I knew like at a young age that I feel like sometimes you either have it or you don't. Like a little <laughs> like drive to like, you kind of know your potential and like kind of what you're capable of. And yeah. I knew that I could understand complicated concepts and I really enjoyed sciences and math and like that's never heard of like you never no one ever enjoys math and I was like okay so like I knew I had like a potential that I could reach and I didn't want to waste it so mm-hmm. I want to like use talents that I have to benefit something like I want to challenge myself I don't want to just go through the motions I really want to do stuff that I'm capable of and I know I'm capable of so mm-hmm. I tried to challenge myself in undergrad like I'm majoring in biochemistry and I'm doing well at it and I really enjoy it. And I just think I have a high potential in my like brain that mm-hmm. I can I can go far with it. So I was like, why not? Let's do yeah. find something I really like. I'm really interested in like biomedical technology and I'm looking to go to grad school. So I was like biotechnology would be kind of perfect because I'm really interested in orthopedics and like hip replacements and like all the technology that goes into that. So yeah, that's how I kind of where I ended up where I am. I love it so much. And also you're like, you've always had this like financial, maybe it's because you like numbers, but like you've always been very responsible with your money too. Like in a way to where like Christina and I, we had to learn through error 
maybe you learned through us. I don't know. But like you've been saving money since you were like two, I swear. <laughs> like, Yeah, I never spent my birthday money right into the piggy bank. Literally, we went to Target before this and she's like, I've had this uh, gift card for uh, since high school. And how old are you now? 21. <laughs> 21. <laughs> like that is how responsible this this amazing sister of ours is. But anyway, I wanted you to come here. Because you played a little bit of softball. You played a bunch of sports, like basketball, all the sports that Christina and I grew up playing. And you were so good at them. And she and Anna would never say this, but she is like the best athlete of the three of us. Like all together, she could literally make everything look easy. Like she was like shooting three pointers <laughs> at the age of two. Um, I'm just kidding. But she just loves sports. Like she played softball, but she chose volleyball because she loves it. And I wanted her to share her story and kind of share, you know, why maybe she didn't stick with softball only because like, I know a lot of people are playing the sport right now and they don't love it as much as something else. And I think a lot of kids maybe are forced to play sports that like maybe their parents or somebody else of influence wants them to play. And like our parents didn't make you play it. And I think that's great that that was the case. So how about you take us on your, your sports journey from what you remember? Like, you played the sports, but like take us through this, the series. You don't, you don't have to do the long version. It could just be like no. short and sweet, but, yeah. um, of your journey through sports and like where you are right now. Yeah. Okay. So I grew up the biggest tomboy yes. ever. I yes. had like every one of my best friends were like little boys and <laughs> we would like wrestle each other. And I was just a little boy. I was a boy. Our family never had pretty much growing up and I loved <laughs> sports and I loved playing like all of them. I found a love for every single one. And I was a big basketballer when I was young. Mm -hmm. Like that was my sport. So I played, I would say my main ones were basketball, softball. At the time I had this like timeline, fifth grade. I was all into basketball. Like I would go into your practices at St. Charles and I'd go into Christina's and I'd practice with them and mm -hmm. just shoot around and they're all doing their plays, whatever. So nothing else better to do. You'd How be our extra I? player at practice all the time. For like, you? Well, like for defense, like you, dad would just throw you in. I remember this. Um, but I mean, I just had nothing else better to do. How old was I? I was probably like, I don't know, like six or yeah. six through eight mm -hmm. through this time. And I would just be in, I would always be in the gym practicing my free throws. No excuse missing free throws because those are my specialty. <laughs> um, but it was about like fifth grade and I literally didn't even think, have a second thought about volleyball because probably in my brain, I thought it was a little girly and I was the biggest little tomboy ever. But I do remember we had a family friend that was going to be the fifth grade volleyball coach at our uh, middle school. And she was like, Anna, serve this ball over the net. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, serve it over, like overhand. Like, let's see if you can do it. I did it like without, with ease. And she's like, yeah, you're playing volleyball. And I was like, <laughs> fine. I was like, I wasn't that. Um, this is Angie, right? Uh, yeah. Shout out to Angie Patterson. Angie Patterson. Yes. Because <laughs> she coached Christina, I think. Mm -hmm. before she that. did and she yep. was like yeah I'm gonna coach fifth grade like you should do it and I wasn't resentful to it at all I was like okay fine like you'll try think, it. if you think I'm gonna be good at it whatever so then I kept doing it I was still a big basketballer um and then it got to seventh grade I think and like my best friend at the time like played club volleyball and I was like I want to do that that could be fun and 
yeah, of course I ended up being like the volleyball player that would be um, very tough on her teammates in seventh grade. And Oh yeah, she would yell at people. <laughs> She'd be like, move! The parents did not like that. <laughs> oh God, it was so fun to watch though from my perspective. I didn't even know I was doing it. And then my mom was like, Anna, like really you should. You she also were a massive a little bit. ball hog. Like it was like oh, over yeah, the net. I wanted to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you knew who wasn't going to make the play and you're like, I got it. <laughs> I, see, over. I don't remember this, but I totally believe it because mom would always be like, you wanted to win. And I like some of the parents say something and I'm like, I'm sorry. It's not intentional because everyone loved me outside of the court. It was just right. really competitive. Because you were a great person. But I think that willingness to win kind of came from like how we were raised yeah, too. 100%. I grew up with both of you as siblings and got to watch it. Yeah. Like I beat you up all the time. It was like, <laughs> okay, not really. Yeah. But it was like one of those where we were always competitive, like board games, everything. It was like, fight to the death yeah no like but. dad would definitely beat me he wouldn't just let me win right like, so yeah in a good way uh-huh. I would, i'm gonna raise my kids the same way not like, beat physically beat in a game yeah <laughs> oh yeah like beat in card games <laughs> just or wanted to make that up if we clear. played pig like he wouldn't he wouldn't go easy yeah and dad played college basketball and he's gonna win like yeah and when you actually beat him you're like you feel like you're on cloud nine yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah okay so that's kind of where the competitive fire came from a yeah, bit. totally. It was just totally internal. I couldn't control it at that point. And <laughs> I think it was it was about seventh grade where I turned to love volleyball more than basketball. So that's why I wanted to pursue a club. And yeah, and then I had to make a big decision in eighth grade. I only did volleyball and I didn't do basketball anymore. I do regret that because I because in my head I was like, I don't I won't have time to like be able to do school or <laughs> I w- don't have time to do everything. It's eighth grade. Like you have time. Like you can do both. I, I wish I did basketball my eighth grade year. Mm. Well, so you started like going into high school, you're playing strictly volleyball. Yeah. Yeah. Which neither of Christina or yeah, Christina, Christina did it for a year. Yeah. I think she played so- basketball for a year and volleyball for a year. I think. At Twinger? I think. We should totally go over this timeline before we start recording. But yeah, so I played basketball for two years in high school. And then stuck to softball, but like you solely went in volleyball. Mm-hmm. You were like, "This is what I want." Were you thinking college, like in eighth grade, freshman year? Like, was that like on the mind at that time? I think it was always on my mind, like regardless of what sport I wanted to, because of you and Christina, because like mm-hmm. you both were doing it, and I knew it was something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So being exposed to that, I think at, at a young age, could set like a goal young. Yeah. Like a long-term goal for me. Mm-hmm. So I definitely wanted to do that regardless if it was like basketball. Honestly, I never wanted to do it in softball. I just didn't love it enough. Um, but I found the love for um, volleyball. I think, yeah. Yeah. And and frankly, you you had a really bad experience with softball. Yeah. Like you, tra- you went to travel ball at a very young age. Um, I think I was a year up maybe. I think I'm just like so young for my age that for your grade, yeah. for my grade that I was very undersized and like very tiny. Uh, I don't know if it was 16th. I think it was 16th. No, not that late. Uh, you played six. You didn't play 16th. I don't think I played. Six, what year? No, was that? you didn't play that long. That's high school. I would think I was on 14th. Yeah, <laughs> I, was I think on 14th. you were 13 or something playing like 14. On 14th. And like at an age where like nobody should be riding the bench. And like for some odd reason, Anna was like it was like one of those things where I wasn't really around because I was in college at that point. But like the stories that I'm hearing, I'm like, you, j- everybody listening just heard of how competitive Anna is. I remember her playing rec league softball. She was a catcher and she was dang good. 
And there were balls like flying over her head because nobody knows how to throw a strike at that point in time. And you loved that challenge. You were like, I love stop touching. the ball no matter what. Like I was to- I was so tiny too. I was probably like five foot. Yeah. And I was playing up in our little Leo Gray Bowl League. Uh-huh. I love that. Uh-huh. And I was playing up and these girls were, um, they were like maybe a year or two older than me. And I was catching them. I was so tiny and it was so fun. Yeah. And that was a great experience. I loved Leo Gray Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Shout them out. That was good. <laughs> But that's when, like, we realize you're just an athlete. Wherever you play, like, you're going to compete. And so, like, your experience in travel ball where you're playing at young enough of an age where, like, you're you're not even playing a whole weekend of softball. And it's, like, it became, like, the dumbest thing to even keep you in. And you hated it. Wouldn't you come out of games, like, crying because, like, you wish you were out there? Okay, honestly, I don't think I ever did just because I didn't, like, process what was happening right, until right. – the very end, I realized mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is kind of, this is a little bit messed up since we're young. And it was so long ago and I was so young. I don't remember being bad, but I don't also remember being the best person on the team. And, but I definitely should have been playing mm-hmm. at least like some, I was hitting the bench and I was hitting last every time. And I do remember it being like kind of weird because you like knew you were better than yeah. you were being. And I wasn't. When I did start doing travel softball, I wasn't like resenting it. I was kind of, I was excited, but I was kind of just doing it because I, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. We all grew up with it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll keep playing softball. And the experience wasn't like great. And I only ended up doing a year of it mm-hmm. just with how it all played out. Yeah. It was, it was just like not pretty. And you loved, you had great coaches in volleyball. Like yes. you looked forward to those practices. Mm-hmm. You wanted to come home and figure out how you could practice from home, which is very hard to do with volleyball. volleyball. It's terrible. <laughs> the biggest downfall of volleyball. We learned that. Can't do it yourself. Because like softball, like we could hit in the garage or hit in the backyard yeah. with dad. And dad was like, how do I, how do I practice with you? <laughs> like, no, you literally need a whole court. You need a whole net. You need multiple yeah. balls. Yeah. And, and you were an all around player. So h- how tall are you? I think that's important right now I say I'm 5'8 but I'm like 5'7 okay like something so a lot of people would be like oh my gosh 5'8 is really tall but like you had this dream of playing like d1 softball or softball volleyball (laughs) at a high level and like the high level like your teammates are what like six three I'm the second shortest on my team (laughs) I have everyone's like six foot and above Mm -hmm. literally Mm -hmm. every single one but I do want to make this known in high school Anna was like literally named all all region all like literally like athlete of the year in Fort Wayne and she was an all-around player she played in the front row she could jump for miles and she played back really well I loved it I was always I was told by a couple coaches if I was just taller I'd be hitting for Penn State and I was like I really wish I could just have a growth spurt yeah (laughs) and Penn State's like one of the best teams in the Big Ten yeah I loved hitting it was my favorite thing ever but I'm just undersized for it for the level I wanted to play at right so I had to adapt and I loved defense I'm a libero and I love defense. So I adapted and knew I wanted to play that the next level. Yeah. And it was like a quick transition. So I think this would be good to kind of reflect on because a lot of people's recruiting journeys are, you know, different. And like mine was completely different than Christina's Mm -hmm. and yours was like completely different than both of ours Mm -hmm. to a point where it was like getting nerve wracking, right? To be recruited. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with recruiting? Yeah. So I definitely started the process way too late. There was never anyone in my ear at like a young age saying, hey, you should just contact like dream schools or like colleges you want to go to, coaches you like. I started very, very late. It was like late uh, junior year, which is 
pretty late to get your name out there mm -hmm. and like not even be talking to coaches. And so a lot of the teams that I was contacting, they were saying, we can tell you're a great athlete. We can tell you would be a benefit to this program, but our roster's full. So I heard that a lot and mm -hmm. it was a little, it was like shooting me in the foot like every time. Cause I was like, okay, I'm hearing that I'm good enough, but no school is like continuing to talk to me cause they're full. And so that was tough. It was getting really nerve wracking. Like senior year of high school, I still wasn't recruited and mm -hmm. every one of my teammates was already had their school and like every other school was like, I'm just hearing no's all the time. Mm -hmm. So I go into club season my senior year and I'm like, I'm still not recruited anywhere. And I kind of got lucky. So the biggest thing I would say to any listener or like parent or coach, I would say start early with the recruiting process. I'm sure you've heard this a million times, but it really makes a difference. Even if you're like young and underdeveloped, you can tell where potential is. And like, if your name's out there, then they'll be like, okay, I remember this person. And now they're developed and now an applicable athlete you would want. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I kind of got saved because mm -hmm. we have connections with coaches that helped me out and sent an email on my behalf to literally every division one coach. And it was a Purdue head coach, Dave Shondell. He, <laughs> he emailed every coach and was saying like how I was an athlete and how I would benefit a program. And then after that, I was getting emails from a lot of schools and I go to school at Old Dominion University in Virginia and my assistant coach now saw the email because they were rebuilding a, or building a brand new program and they went and saw me. And ever since then, I found my home and I went there for four years. So it was for me, I think I got very lucky because I started so late and nothing was really, no coach was really biting. Right. So yeah, that's where that ended. Yeah. So it was like crazy. Thankfully, I had like, I'm really good friends with Dave. And I was just like, okay, yeah. what do we do? Like, because, you know, it was hard, I think, for our parents to kind of understand travel volleyball because they were so used to the travel softball world. And it's not the same, like at all. You know, from a competitive standpoint, it's it's basically the same, like same levels um, are playing against each other and things like that. But I don't think they had a grasp of the recruiting process. Is, do you think it's similar? Because like, like when you re when you reached out to coaches, you know, originally, how old were you? Um, probably late 16, 17. Okay, 16. So you would advise people like 14, yeah, 13, like depending on how yeah. high of a level. Just get get your name out there, like you were saying. Just kind of get used to the email process because mm -hmm. I'm sure like over time it got easier for you. Like the first emails are like you're sweating because you're like, oh my gosh, like what if I spell something yeah, wrong? Yeah, you make this like base email and you're like, oh my gosh, is this good enough? And then once you're... Yeah. Yeah. But you, you kind of were saved, like, because you had somebody super credible in the volleyball world, like speaking on your behalf. And it was like, okay, well, it'd be stupid not to have a on our roster. And maybe people were passing you up because they knew you were better than a walk-on spot. And they were like, that wouldn't be fair. I don't know. But all in all, you learn that, you know, reach out earlier. But yeah. I think also what was hard for you is the fact that you weren't like a libero only until like your senior year. Yeah. So I was and outside playing all the way around like my whole life. So the transition was different, but I liked it. But like my last year of club, I did play libero the whole time because I knew I needed to get experience in it to get recruited mm -hmm. for it. Because just at my height, I wasn't going to go to a school I wanted to as a hitter. Mm -hmm. So I think I needed that transition to know, like to show I could play it. So yeah, it was a new role that I had to learn. Mm -hmm. 
And she ended up getting really good at it. You still have two years left, which is crazy. I do. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to be like, wait, you went to school for four years and you still have two left. Yep. Happy COVID. COVID, you got a year back. And also because it was like a brand new program. You guys didn't even play a game until your sophomore year. Yeah. So we recruited like eight, eight girls, seven or eight girls. Um, and we just practiced for an entire year. So we didn't use our eligibility at all. And then our first season was 2020 and that was obviously COVID season. So then we got that one back. So yeah, I get two years extra. It's so crazy, but like, it's, it's kind of cool how it all worked together too, like special circumstance. And I'm sure you learned a ton. I want to give credit to your travel volleyball coach that you love so much and how Mm -hmm. much he helped you because, you know, one of the reasons why you got out of softball was because you didn't have a great coach that made you love it. But I know Jay helped you love it. Yeah. So talk about him for a little bit and like, what are the traits about him that you just love? Because I, there's a lot of coaches here that are always wanting to learn from athletes, like what makes them yeah. great. So for me, I would say I'm in like the minority of what I really enjoy of a coach and what really brings like my best athlete out of me. I like the coaches that are really hard on you that will let you know when like you're doing things wrong and like will will scream at you like because I can take it. But I really I really like Jay because he had so much knowledge of the game and he knew how to bring out the talent and like knew how to like, get the um, little details cleaned up and everything like that. And he would get emotional like on sidelines and like scream and like throw things. And <laughs> I just I loved it. Like it just it was like similar to how I am, I think competitively like Mm -hmm. I'm not a screamer I'm not gonna like yell at my teammates or like do anything like inappropriate for a game but it was just like the drive and like the love for the game that he really like brought out and it knew he was invested and knew that he cared it showed that he cared when he like acted like that and I just I just loved it because I knew if he was getting on me it was because I deserved it and that I needed to pick something up or like this was going wrong and he'll tell me and I trusted everything that he told me. Like I never was like, oh, he's being so irrational right now. Like, ugh. Mm-hmm. like I never had that um, thought process towards him. And I, I just love, I loved being screamed at. I think it <laughs> brought out my like potential and my like best skills mm-hmm. if it needed to. It wasn't every day that you needed to scream your head off at me, but I just, I liked it. It brought, it brought a different side of me out. And but I will say, like, you have to know your players before you do that. I wouldn't say every single person enjoyed that experience mm-hmm. because everyone's different. Everyone right. needs to be coached differently. So I would say, like, for coaches, I would say, like, know your players and know what they can handle because if you do have a player that doesn't like being talked to like that, they probably won't have the same experience. So you mm-hmm. kind of have to just read the read the room because, like, see – what needs to be done to bring out the best side of people about of your players. Yeah. And did you ever feel like you played to try to like please him or anything like that? Like when you didn't do well, did you feel like you disappointed him? Things like that? No, I never felt that because at the end of the day, it's just a game. And I don't think any good coach would ever hold that against you. If you're not having a good day, like every athlete experiences days where nothing's clicking and as long as you give the effort out like there's nothing you could do different really Mm -hmm. so he never bashed you like when you personally did bad and were already beating yourself up like he wouldn't make it worse no he would not make it worse but I think he would agree with you he would agree yeah (laughs) Yeah. he would like if you are obviously like I'm playing terrible he'd be like yeah like it would be honest and he wouldn't beat around the bush and I 
respected that and I enjoyed that because I I always know when something can be better and I'm pretty Mm self-aware. So when he would just, I don't remember specifics, but he would just be like, yep, like that's happening, but he wouldn't make it worse ever personally. I never thought. Mm -hmm. Now, I love that you were saying that you were self-aware. Nobody is born being super self-aware of things. Was it a coach that helped you understand that or... Is that just something like over time you've developed and how did you develop that? Because I think a lot of people, you know, like when a coach is just like, yeah, that wasn't great. And they'd be like, oh, like their their self, yeah, their self-esteem would like go down. But like you are one of the most strong-willed people that I know. And like, you've always had this dominant presence and just like badass, sorry, that's the only word I can think of, just like mindset around competitiveness like, where did that come from? I I don't know, like, specifically. I just know I grew up a very confident kid, and I did have, like, some physical talents to back it up. And I don't know. I was just always, like, very aware of, like, reality. I don't know. I was never, like, oh, I thought I played great, but someone else thought I played terrible. I don't know. I just – it was definitely something from within. I wouldn't say I learned it from specifics. I think I was – I was exposed to a lot of great performers growing up. Like I had you, I had Christina, I had dad, I had, I watched sports 24 seven. Like All I, your boyfriends, they all played. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Not physical, just like your friends that were all boys. Sure. They all yeah, played sports. When I was a tomboy, yes. I would, we would always be playing basketball and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, I was just exposed to like good athletes and great athletics that I knew what was like a standard and what was actually good performances. I think that's just growing up with it. I think that's just the most I was exposed to. So when I wasn't up to that standard, I would know personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're an incredible leader in the back row. And I think it has, it has great ties to what you were just describing of like this dominant presence that you have. How and I think great coaching and great leadership from the court or field, it's very similar. Like it's getting to know the people around you, knowing what to say in a certain amount, like time. Mm-hmm. Like what have you learned about leadership from this, you know, little kid who was yelling at her teammates for <laughs> for not going into the ball to now where it's a very competitive environment and there's a lot on the line and there's all these other factors. Yeah. So I I learned I'm a very loud person. Yes. This my is why your voice, voice is always gone. My voice every weekend. Every, every. week. <laughs> it's gone. Um, I'm a very loud person. So I talk. I'm very verbal mm-hmm. on the like the court or the field. I think that's a very important trait in a leader. And I've learned that you can't expect you can't expect certain things out of your teammates if you're not going to do them as well on like an effort side or not performance. It's just more of your discipline and your will to play. Like you, it's kind of like, don't talk if you can't back it up, back it up. So it's Mm -hmm. like when you're a leader and I'm very vocal and I can't get on my teammates for like lack of effort. If I'm not giving effort, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, like you kind of have to like talk to talk to walk to walk like yeah so I like to lead by example and I'm also very loud but like when I'm in practice like I'm going to practice as hard as I play like I'm going to lay it all on the floor and everyone's going to know like how hard I work because of just like 
what I'm doing. I'm mm-hmm. not going to like talk about it. I'm not going to be like, yeah, like I work the hardest. I'm the best. Absolutely actions, not. Actions speak louder than words. It's your actions. And yeah. you gain respect from your teammates and the end leaders that will be on your team. It's the people that work the hardest and want what's best for the team. And that's very, that are selfless and you're playing for your teammates. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I learned as being a leader, I really like, it's by example. I think that's the strongest message you can like give anyone is because in practice, everyone's watching everyone. You can tell when people are having off days, but they're still giving it their all. Like mm-hmm. that earns respect. That's who you want in your foxhole. Have you, have you ever heard that before? Oh, I haven't. Like in the, in the military, like some people are asked, like, who would you want in your foxhole? Like if it was just you and the rest of the world, like about to fight you, right? Like who do you want? I want that person. I want the person that's going to like fight for me and also like never give up. Yeah. It's trust over performance. Yeah. And ironically, Christina, did you see Christina's recent episode? Have you listened to it yet? No, I have not. It's literally called how to lead by example. (laughs) (laughs) But I, that's just like how we've been raised. Don't you think like dad would never put us and he coached both like all of us. Mm -hmm. He would never put us in the game if we at practice like slacked off or we're a bad teammate or like yeah. all of the intangibles, like if we did not show like an all out mentality in practice that week, we weren't playing. And like, and you would definitely hear it on the car ride home. <laughs> the car ride home. <laughs> I wasn't planning on talking about that. <laughs> we can maybe save another episode for that. You, me and Christina will do a car ride home episode. Oh my God. We can do it in the car. <laughs> We'll make we'll corner dad in the car. I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm grateful for all that though, because I know, yeah. In the moment, of course, it sucks, but mm-hmm. I was grateful for all the overtime. Like, I think it made me as like tough that I am now. No, I agree, and it's so funny because like there's this fine line. Like, I hated the car ride home, but like maybe it was because it was after the game and I was starving and all I wanted was food and all I could think about was like how quickly can I get out of this car? Oh yeah. Which is why it's funny because me and Christina are similar in this way. We would not fight back. Like we would, we would literally just like dad would say things and we know what he was saying was like valid, but like, not also I wanted conversation. to, yeah, I wanted to stand up for myself, but I was just like, I just want to eat. Like I want to get out of the car. So I'm just not going like, to say tired. anything. I'm going to agree with everything that you say and we're going to be done with it. You on the other hand were so fast to be like, you know what? No. <laughs> And, but you would stand up for yourself, you know, in, yeah. in a way to where um, I would try to like defend myself. I'm like, okay. Okay. Like what you're saying is valid, but like, can you hear my side? Yeah. Like I would, I would counterpoint it for sure. Right. And I love that about you. It's something that I admire extremely about you. And hopefully I've gotten a little better with it in my everyday <laughs> life. But like, that's something that, you know, Christine and I didn't have as much as you. Where did that, where did that come from? Were you just tired of seeing me and Christina just sit there and take it or what? No, I don't know. I just, sometimes you just kind of have to fight back. And I was like, (laughs) but not in like a disrespectful way. It would just be like, no, this is why I think you're wrong. And I'm going to bring points to back it up because Mm -hmm. this is a little bit much. And I'd be like, no, but yeah, yeah, I definitely tested dad's, um, yeah. Points. There were times where I just stare at you and I'd be like, Anna, shut up. No, like, but there'd be things that would be said. And I'm just like, no, that's wrong because of this, this, and that. This is why I should be a lawyer. I'm studying STEM. You going into law school now? Is I might. <laughs> no, I, I do love that about you. It it gives you this like, not just like powerful 
presence like in everyday life, but like I I love the fact that you're stern and but in a way to where you know what you deserve and you make it known. And so mad respect for you for that. Thank you. Is there Thank anything you. else that you feel like we missed in this conversation that you're like, I really want to share to parents, players, coaches about your journey, our journey together, growing up as Burkhart's. Anything? I will say growing up, I was the stray kid only not growing up, but when I decided to play volleyball over softball, mm-hmm. I will say like I was not pressured or like shunned from my family. <laughs> I, which I didn't think I would by any means, but I'm like, okay, that, like, I totally scary. could have. Like, yeah, dad loved softball and he, right. I think his heart broke a little bit when I chose a sport he knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. So he had to go through the whole learning process again. And it's not like he would coach me and it would always be funny. <laughs> I'd be in high school and my dad would like try. He, I think he missed the coaching part of it. So he'd be like, yeah, I think you maybe could have done this, but like, tell me if I'm wrong. And I was like, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> right. Like, I was like, this happened because of this. But he, he was always willing to learn. A lot of respect for him because he really, he really tried to learn it. I mean, he, he knows a lot about volleyball now, but mm-hmm. it was definitely a brand new avenue for him then. And so I do thank him a lot for that because he loved coaching you guys. And I think I like took that, like the one, like the last, I didn't choose basketball. He would have loved if I chose basketball. I know. But I think he's mad that none of us did that. Not I mad, know, but, but I like. Loved it. He, I probably totally did a 180 on him because I was yeah. literally going to go to college guys, to play basketball. She was so I was good like, at basketball. basketball. I was like, I love it. Mm-hmm. And then I just did a 180 and I liked volleyball. I don't, I don't know. It's so interesting how it all played out. But yeah. again, shout out to our parents for like letting you decide what you wanted. Yeah, I was never forced into any sport. Like I played multiple sports because I really enjoyed them all. And I just decided to hone in on one because that's the one I wanted to go the farthest in. So I chose to only play that one at a young age. But yeah, I would just say get exposed to everything. And in the long run, you're going to figure out which one you like the most and support your children and whichever one they choose because it's going to be the one they love. It might not be the one they're the best at because I probably was better at basketball mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. but I chose volleyball you love and it. I've been running it with it ever since. And I love it. I love the game. So just find your love for it. And if it's a stray, if you're a stray cat in the family, it's okay. Yes. I love, I'm so happy you came on. I think for a lot of listeners, you may have just become the favorite for car child. Oh gosh. I'm not joking because you're just honest and I love that about you. So if you are the favorite for some people listening and they want to follow you, where can they do that? Where do okay, you hang out on social? Um, on Instagram, it's underscore Anna Burke. We'll tag her in all the posts about it too. Yeah, that's kind of the only socials I'm really on. So mm-hmm. yeah, and you you actually rarely show up in them, but yeah, I, you don't, know. I don't love them. But that's okay. That's okay. You're living your own life. Like, and honestly, of all... Like me and dad are kind of like super into TikTok, which we, we really need to work on. Yeah, you you both. But you are so, <laughs> you're just like so independent. And I just love that about you. I don't um, even answer half the time and I still get them all. <laughs> same. More from dad than you. But. I know, I know. But we'll get better at it. But if you want to follow her, I'll make sure that's in the show notes. And we're going to end with some five to thrive questions. So I got okay. five questions for you lined up. One, two, three, four, five. Sorry, it looked like six. And I was like, oh crap, which one am I going to take out? I have no idea what these are going to be like. I know. She looked at the questions before, but I was I was like, did you see the five to thrive? And she goes, no, I didn't. I was like, okay, thank God, because I don't want you to know what these are. I was like, this isn't for me. Um, But for let's give some of the 
um, nerdiness of Anna. Let's get it out. What? Are these like short questions? Yeah, they're short questions. All right. They don't have to be long answers. So the first one is, what's the favorite class you've taken so far? Do you have a favorite? In college? Any class. I really liked calculus. So <laughs> I would probably say either calc one or calc two. Yeah. This calc is- three was terrible because that got really three dimensional and the Z axis. Uh-uh. <laughs> I was good at it, but it was hard. I love it. I love it. Um, what challenges do you love about the game of volleyball? Well, in my position, I'm strictly defense. Mm-hmm. And the challenge is for like everyone's role is really different in volleyball. And mine is just to keep the ball off the floor as much as possible, even if I fling my body around and hit every <laughs> joint possible. Literally. But that was a challenge, I think, just to keep as many balls up on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I like it. Every So for softball, like some people choose like the challenge of hitting against a really tough pitcher or something like that. Yeah. But like, yeah, you you do throw yourself on the floor. And sometimes I it's hear fun. like this thud on the ground. I'm like, are you okay? Another one of my challenges is that I'm very sweaty. So every time I hit oh. the ground, towel it up. Literally the the ref, they're, terrible. Called, they're called refs, right? Yeah. They'll throw the towel at Anna if she touches the floor. It's hilarious. It's very, it's very produ- it's productive to the point. They <laughs> laugh at me every time. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's amazing. I love it so much. Um, who was a massive role model in your life growing up or maybe the one that you have now? See, when I do get asked this question, it's like, I feel like you want to say like a professional athlete and sure. I could never like, Anything there was never comes- one I like idolized. Yeah. But I would probably just say like my family, like mm-hmm. you, Christina, dad, because you guys exposed me to a lot and I learned a lot like through mm-hmm. your guys' trial and error. And yeah, I would say you guys, you guys made me want to kind of live up to you guys and make it in my sport that I chose. So yeah, I would mm-hmm. say you guys. Oh, that's so sweet. I actually took that role really. Yeah, you're my mom. You have oh my, my God. Mom. When you said that the first time. Okay. So I'm eight she years. She was probably like 20. I'm eight years it. older than Anna. And yeah, I'm like 21. And Anna goes, I think of you as like a second mom. And I'm like, no wonder why you never Gross. talk to me about anything. <laughs> I'm like, she's like about to go through like the trials of high school sports. And then even in college and like, you wouldn't hear, you wouldn't hear anything from Anna. And I'm like, Hey, like you can always talk to me about stuff. And she's just like, no, I'm good. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to ground you. And now, and now we talk more than we ever have. So I did take that very seriously. Like when I was playing, I was like, my sisters are always watching me. Like that's something that I always Mm -hmm. think about and why I devoted an entire episode about just like having a role model mindset. Cause like you're the youngest and looked up to me, but Mm -hmm. like there's so many young girls that like look at you now and like watch how you play and want to be like you. You probably experienced that like in college a little. Yeah, the local like Virginia little girls come in and it's cool. Yeah, it is cool. That's awesome. What is a big lesson that our parents taught you growing up? Hmm. You should see her face right now pondering this question. These are like the toughest questions to pull off the top of your head. Well, Um, yeah, you don't have to pick the favorite. Just like one that comes to mind. One lesson. (laughs) You probably want to say like a million lessons. My first thing is just like be competitive. I don't like, I feel like we just all grew up being like so competitive and it from our parents. Yeah. And it's trying to think of like both our parents. Like what I know you could choose like one from mom because mom's totally different than dad, but like in a great way. Like she can keep better. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) A lesson that I did learn from them is more of like their support and like everything that you will do. Like Mm -hmm. 
I always knew my parents like were my biggest fans and they were there through like literally all of the ups and downs with it. And I would just say like them like always being there was like a lesson that I learned. Like I will always have them to like lean on if I need to. Are you about to cry? No. Oh, uh, you kind of like maybe like it. <laughs> I'm not, but like subconsciously maybe I don't know. Yeah, but they were always they were always there. Like every single game I had, like our parents made it a point to be there, and mm-hmm. that was they did something I appreciated. They did. It's good to have like that support system. They come to everything. Yeah. I think I kind of ruined it because I lived so close. Like I went to school so close and then they're going to like all of your tournaments, Christina's tournaments in, you know, North Carolina and then yours in Virginia. It's like, they literally have traveled the world, the world. What is one thing that you hope people take away from this episode? Cause this is like one of the most unique ones we've had. Mm-hmm. You're a very unique guest in a fun way. I would say like, don't be afraid to do something different. If it's like not this, like, that doesn't like go with what your family's doing or mm-hmm. with what everyone around you is doing. Like just find something you love and really run with it. Cause you'll be shocked with like the support that you have through it, even though it is like a different route and like something new that your family might go through. Like just find your passion and kind of run with it. Cause it'll all fall into place. Would you also add to that only cause I know you so well, like hang out with people that are going to support that thing that you love yeah. the most. Yeah. I mean, you did Don't let people you, hold you back. Yeah. Like you did say that, but like that includes friends. It includes like everybody. Yeah. Make sure you're around people that are going to help you make those big things happen. I think that was one thing that I learned growing up. Like you don't need a lot of friends. It's the ones that matter and the one that, ones that make you better. Like my friends now are like the best people that I know. And mm-hmm. we all like motivate each other. So just really find that group. I'm very blessed with the people that I have around me. Mm-hmm. So awesome. if someone's dragging you down kick them out because it's not (laughs) worth it. Anna, this has been a really fun episode. I enjoyed this so much. I enjoyed how much you enjoyed walking into the studio. Oh yeah. I feel like a celebrity. I really hope that people like take away from this though. Like because it's such a different story than me and Christina's, like my story and Christina's are two totally different. And then yours Mm -hmm. is unique. I just hope that people like look at it as like every kid is different. Yeah. And we all have different needs and we all like to be coached differently. Like, did I like to be screamed at? Mm, Maybe not as much, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, but we're all different. And I think, you know, you're going to have some big fans after this episode because you're just awesome. (laughs) You're just awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Anna. Thank you for having me. It was very fun. 